Support for Great Minds is provided by The Wine Store, located at 1200 Central Avenue in Naples. The Wine Store offers a unique selection of wines from small production, artisan, and family-owned wineries. Their in-store wine education center hosts classes for the novice and connoisseur alike. Details are at thewinestorenaples.com. Hi, I'm Gina Birch. Welcome to Great Minds, a wine-centric podcast where two wine-loving friends take a look beyond what's in the glass. We dig a little deeper into the place and the stories, the culture, and the history behind the wine. And of course, we don't want to forget about the people that make this amazing wine world go round. I'm Julie Glenn. Meeting the people behind the wine is always fascinating, and Gina and I got to sit down over lunch with Maria Barua. She is the winemaker at Bodega Lan in Spain. Bodega Lan is in Rioja, and that's where Maria grew up. Rioja is uh, widely considered the premier grape-growing region and wine region in Spain. So LAN, L-A-N, is really an acronym for three provinces that make up the DOC in Rioja. They are Logroño, Alva, and Navarra, and they practice sustainable viticulture. Not all of those regions, but LAN does. Sustainable viticulture, and they have some really old vines in their vineyards that some of them date back 60 years. Maria's story is also really cool. She grew up in a culture and region surrounded by wine, so she she loved it from an early age, and who would not? She started yeah. studying chemistry and then enology at La Rioja, and then got a grant to study wood and how different kinds of oak barrels could impact wine. The use of oak is a big deal in Rioja, and since it was part of her studies, it's something that she carried on to land where she's doing some really interesting things. Uh, the grant was about the uh, compounds that involved in the different eight oak barrels. What compounds gives the American oaks? What compounds gives the French oaks? And, and quantities, uh, uh, analyze all these compounds and give the quantity of, of those. So that first test, you had eight different barrels, right? Yeah. Eight different kinds of oaks. So you had American, yeah. French. First, we studied American and French. And all my my life, uh, I've studied uh, all these uh, different influence, uh, different uh, American forests from Appalaches, Missouri. The influence of the different uh, French oak forests uh, from Tronce, Jupil uh, Tronce, or Jupil Forest, another different toast of these oaks. That, that is very important, the toes of the oaks. So there can be a difference between a forest to a forest? Yeah, terroir, right? Does that go back to kind of the grapes, where it's the terroir, where it's grown, the climate of the forest and the land? Uh, exactly. The wood is a mater- uh, natural material mm-hmm. and all influence because its forest has a different climate. Mm-hmm. And the wood uh, grows different. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this reason, you can uh, find different difference between forests, different forests. Because uh, now, for example, in land, um, uh, I'm testing Spanish oak barrels, mm. the Pyrenees. Only is in, in testing, in testing uh, in in winery. We think it's uh, very interesting. For, because it's different from the others. Oops. You are kind of, obviously, because of your studies and your grant and your 
um, expertise in oak, but you're doing something that's very pioneering, and that is crafting barrels from mixed oak <laughs> yeah. barrels. Tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, in our research, when we, we mix um, the staves of the oaks from American and the two tops uh, from French oaks, we achieve the, the, the characteristics that involves a, a good uh, uh, combination with our Tempranillo grapes. And uh, it found very interesting for the, uh, our Land Crianza, Land Reserva, and Land Grand Reserva to find the balance between fruit and oak. So what does each stay bring to the table? What does the American oak and the French oak, and how do they balance each other to show them, to show the grapes best? The American oak uh, gives more vanilla aromas, cocoa aromas, is sweeter than the French oak. Uh, the tannins uh, are round. It has less uh, structure than the French oak. And the French oak gives more uh, spicy hints, um, balsamic notes, and and in in the and the mouth is more strong. It's more, it has a structure. So one of the wines I noticed you have aging for a while in French oak, but then goes into Russian oak. How does how do the Russians come into this party? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because. Um, I think the Russian is interesting because uh, it's, sim it's very similar to the French oak, the style of the aromas, but uh, it less intensity. And mm -hmm. um, when we are tasting uh, a wine during its uh, aging, and um, we, th we think uh, that uh, needs more aging, but uh, we want to preserve the fruit since the wine in another oak, in Russian oak, to preserve the aromas. So you have the wine going. You think it needs more age, but it doesn't need a whole lot more oak treatment yeah. on it. So then you put it into yes, the Russian. Yes, because during the aging, the tannins are more rounded because uh, there is a micro across the oak. And sometimes the wines needs uh, more micro to round on the mouth. Mm -hmm. And in this moment, we, we use the Caucasian oak uh, to maintain the fruit. From the Caucasus Mountains. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you have any more oak questions? Or no, I'm good on, on oak okay. questions. So I'm going to move on to... Women in wine yes. in Spain. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so you are not only a pioneer when it comes to oak, but as a female winemaker, how, how are women... Um, coming along and in, in moving the industry in Spain. Are we seeing more? Uh, really, in the last uh, 15 years, uh, Rioja has changed a lot. Because when I started in, in this world of the wine, uh, the um, winemakers uh, were old men, mainly. But now, I think the most of the winemakers uh, are women. That's awesome. Yeah. Like more than 50%, right? Yeah. The, In Spain, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Even more? Yes. Yeah, wow. More yeah. than 50%. More than 50. 50%. That's great. When you first started making wine, were there a lot of women, or has this happened over the course of you being a winemaker? 
Yes. Um, How boring was it when it was all guys? Though? <laughs> you know, I mean, were you able? I mean, do you think women? What do you think women have done to Rioja? I mean, obviously improved it because we've yeah. all heard about it now. I think the sex is not so important. Um, I think perhaps we are most um, constant and uh, consistent. Consistent, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what I love about, there's many things I love about her story, but that the percentages of women winemakers in Spain is on the rise, and it's, like, not a big deal anymore. And as far as the oak, Rioja is a region that's known for generally keeping wines in oak barrels longer than much of the rest Mm -hmm. of the world before releasing. So Maria doesn't get to the U.S. very often, and she made sure she let us know, or her people let us know this, how special it was that we were able to get down and sit with her. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, it was really exciting to do that. Uh, So we tasted through a bunch of the wines from land, and there were a couple of different tiers and labels that are exported to the U.S. So if you see them, we want to let you know what they are. So they're the namesake land. L-A-N, it's all caps, you can't miss it. Yeah, it's pretty easy to see on the label, it's like giant, L-A-N. it's very clean labels, very cool. And then there's the D12 wines that are named actually after the vat that they were aged in. It's supposedly the winemaker's favorite, and they are called the Vigna Lanciano wines. Tempranillo is the foundation for these wines, most of which have some other grapes blended in. However, the D12 wines that we tried were all 100% Tempranillo. Yeah, 100%. So Tempranillo, it's a grape that's indigenous to Spain, and it's got a lot of great flavor. It's got nice aroma. And this grape has great aging potential. And then you throw in the oak, and now you can see why this is uh, it works so well for this region. And then, you know, another uh, tip on the Spanish wines is the word crianza, which is mm-hmm. going to, you see it on a lot of labels. That means that you're talking about a red wine, um, as well as whites, sometimes a little different. It means that the wine has to be aged at least two years. One of those years has to be in oak. The other one can be in the bottle. Right. Now, the aging parameters are different for the whites because obviously you're they're a whole different ball game. Yeah, nobody, nobody's really doing oak treatment on whites that I know of. Not, not, a, not for a full year. No, not for that. Let's hope not. Maybe Rombauer. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. Cougar juice. It gets a little lucky sometimes. All right, I'm sorry. so happy you went there. So for, for as we're talking about the labels for intents and purposes right here, we're, we're talking about red. So then you've got the reservas, which they have to be aged at least three years, one of them in oak, and the grand reservas are aged at least five five years, uh, and two of those five have to be in oak, the rest in the in the bottle. What's really incredible about that, if you think about the time the real estate these wines take up in those barrel rooms and uh, all the time and the effort and the expense mm-hmm. of then bottling them, storing the bottles, letting it all hang out. I mean, that's like three years since the grapes were on the vine, at least. You're sitting there not getting a paycheck. And you're not getting paid right. for that. And th- but what's, what makes me uh, kind of shocked about that, especially when it comes to Spain and Rioja, is overall they're pretty affordable. I think they're some of the most affordable wines that you're going to find from um, in the U.S. from overseas, and and I really don't know how they do it. I think, and now, well, with exception, I mean, there's some like the Mugas, and I've tried some that are a little more pricey on the higher end. Uh, but I think it's because a lot of them are family owned. They don't have a high mortgage on the land. It's been in yeah. the family for generations, so it's it's really not costing them as, as much as it is for say somebody who goes into Napa and makes a 
a quote reserva. Exactly, and I think that um, a lot of th- a lot of times people look to Spain and they see value, but then that's a place where if you spend some extra bucks and you get something that's over a hundred dollars a bottle or something like mm-hmm. that, and you get into the big dogs, they are incredible. Like, they are good, life changingly good. What I love about the Riojas too is, to me, they have kind of a, a dusty quality, yeah. and I just and and they're and they're big and they're round and they've got so many layers, and I just love them with anything that's grilled, any kind of meats. Uh, mm-hmm. They're just perfect with. So if you're out grilling this weekend or any time in the future, look for some of those Spanish wines from Riojas. I think you'll be really pleasantly surprised if you haven't already experienced them. It's also a great idea if you're having a bunch of people over and you have some quantity over quality people mm-hmm. that want to just plow through a bunch of <laughs> bottles. You can just get a nice variety at like between 12, 15, sometimes up to 20. You can get some pretty good wines uh, in that price range out of Spain. You know, of the land wines that we tried, there was one, uh, Avina Lanciano. It was a 2010, and we were really fortunate to be able to try this this vintage because, according to Maria, it was one of the best vintages that they've had at the winery. So just letting you know, if you see some 2010s when you're out there, if you're lucky enough to find them, snap them up because if they were good at land, I'm sure that that vintage was good everywhere else in, in Rioja. They were really good. That, mm-hmm. I remembered like in that 2010 as well. Yeah. I was with you. I was on that 2010 bandwagon. But, um, <laughs> the, and, and also the reason that she was in our area, in our uh, you know vicinity, is because she was here doing the Wine Spectator Top 100 Wines Tour, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The ones that are rated 90 and above. So we're not the only ones who like them. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, people knows. who know like them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's just really cool, too. I always like to meet um, somebody who's doing something different, like her, her um, experiments into the oak and really doing something that could have an impact on, on future wine world when you when it comes to the production long term. I like that she ended up settling on a barrel that was her favorite, which was one slat of French oak, one slat of American oak, one slat of... It was just interesting. All the different properties that these different kinds of wood and different toast and all that stuff had Mm -hmm. on on her wines. Cheers to Rioja! All right, Rioja. Well, Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producers for online media are Anna Bejarano and Tara Calligan. Technical production is by Mike Canary. Great Minds theme music for Zantes by Colin Mannon. To get in touch, check greatminds.org or call the Grape Line and ask a wine question that we can address on a future show. That number is 707-200-3632. Thanks for listening. 